Broadcasting live from the Phoenix Business Radio X studio in Tempe, Arizona, you are tuning in to Culture Crush with Kendra Maples. This podcast will dive into a variety of companies that are crushing it with a great company culture. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Culture Crush Business Podcast. On this podcast, we focus on everything surrounding businesses with creating a good company culture. We do a deep dive into companies that are crushing it with a great company culture, as well as bringing in other companies that could provide resources to those companies on how they can improve as well. Today, we have two fantastic guests. I say that all the time, but it's always really true, and it always gets better and better. Um, Today, we have Christy Bach, the president of Know Your Talents. Welcome. Thank you. And we have Andy Shirk, president and CEO of Educational Services. Welcome. Thank you. And we'll refer to you most of the time probably as ESI. ESI. Um, So if individuals hear that. I am so excited to have both of you on. We were talking right before we went on the air about how it's been so amazing with this show with bringing guests on because it's just been through conversations, really. And so, Andy, you and I know each other through Conscious Capitalism. So we've known each other through there for a little while, but now I get to bring you on here and really just dive and focus into the culture aspect of conscious capitalism, right? So I'm very excited for that. Me too. Thank you. Yeah. And Christy, I met you through kind of a a chain of individuals. Brian Stinson introduced me to one of your team members, and then I got to know your company. And I was like, wait a minute, this is a beautiful company that provides resources to helping other companies improve their culture. Obviously, it's a great fit to have you here <laughs> as well. So welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. We're really privileged to be here with you today. Thank well, you. Thank you. So what I want to do just to start, we'll obviously get into the highlights and you know the conversation of culture itself, but I want to hear from you guys a little bit about your companies and what you do. So Christy, I'm going to start with you. Tell us a little bit about Know Your Talent, how long have you been doing this and and what is it that you guys are doing? Yes. So thank you. So Know Your Talents, we're, we're a 20-year-old company and we are based here out of Scottsdale, Arizona. We're actually the corporate division of LearnKey, which is a 35-year-old development organization based out of St. George, Utah. But Know Your Talents is privately held. And at the end of the day, we're a management consulting organization that has the privilege of partnering with C-level executives, HR executives, and operational leaders to help them enhance culture and optimize performance. I love that. So what does that look like when you're focusing on optimizing performance and the leadership side and all of that? What does that look like when you guys come in and help? It looks like a lot of different things. (laughs) (laughs) No organization is the same, which Mm -hmm. is the great thing. You know, every organization has different pain points Mm -hmm. and different you know, maybe scenarios that they're trying to solve for or initiatives that they're looking to drive in their in their organization. But it really, at the end of the day, is about aligning people strategy with business strategy. And mm-hmm. so everything that we do really aligns to four things. 20 years of work tells us that employees are looking for four things. I want you to know me. I want you to grow me. I want you to include me. And I want you to inspire me. So so that's really the crux of, of what we do. And we bring an enterprise development solution to the table for organizations that can engage with as much or as little as they're able to do. And then 
typically it, it grows organically as we begin to engage with organizations. But typically companies are coming to us. Some of the, you know, basics of the problems that we're solving for are, okay, I'm really tired of dealing with this turnover. I want mm-hmm. the right people in the right seats. Uh, I want to understand, gosh, what makes my employees tick? Mm-hmm. Um, I We want to create or implement a leadership development program. Uh, they might be looking to really assess the overall health of the organization, and they may also be looking to upskill their employees to provide, you know, create that culture of learning uh, for their for their workforce. Mm-hmm. So there's a number of different ways that we get to engage with with our clients. Nice, and it sounds like the clients that you're working with they already have an idea of at least the direction that they want to improve their culture in some facet, whether it's leadership development, whether it's, um, you know, those those four areas you mentioned, they already have somewhat of an idea, right, when they're reaching out to you for this support. Yeah, sometimes. And then sometimes, like I said, it kind of just grows organically. For mm-hmm. example, the organizational effectiveness survey that we do, oftentimes it's about a 20-minute, like, employee engagement survey, mm-hmm. um, and it, it asks for in four key categories. And it brings back literally 200 pages of data that we (laughs) synthesize and bring back to the the leaders to identify, here's some of the gaps Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe some risks that are in the organization. And maybe some of the themes that are presented are, gosh, the the leadership isn't as empathetic as Mm -hmm. the employee base would would look like. So, So what does that look like? So then we get to make recommendations of have you thought about leadership development or coaching? And so oftentimes some things might, you know, organically grow out of Mm -hmm. some of the beginning of the work that we do, but everything that we do starts with that behavioral foundation, you know, Mm -hmm. really helping individuals understand and have an awareness of this is what my natural behavior is. This is how it affects my team. Mm -hmm. And and then ultimately this is how it affects my organization. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we've talked about um, not that same assessment, but we've talked about other assessments like that. I mean, it's you you read the the five love languages right. when you're trying to figure out how to work with your spouse at home. Yeah. Well, I spend more time with the people at my work than I do at home with that individual. So, you know, needing to dive in and those assessments too to figure out how do you work with these people? How do you balance each other? How do you, you know, support each other? How does everyone want to be supported in all of those different components? Right. Um, so it absolutely makes sense that that's the starting point and the foundation that you guys work with. Yes. I love that. Yeah. It's powerful. And like you said, you know, we spend a lot of time with the people that we work with. And, <laughs> yes. and now a lot of organizations, you know, you've got remote, fully remote, hybrid, or in-person. And so, mm. you know, it's been really critical and paramount for companies to be able to, you know, shift to that hybrid or fully remote. And so if you have an understanding of what someone's behaviors are mm-hmm. and how they communicate and what their project style is and what their leadership style is and what their communication style is, that's a game changer. You know, mm-hmm. it provides awareness and you stop taking things personally and or making up your own narrative of what, you know, you think might be going on with that person. 99% of the time, it's not right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's uh, it really does provide a forum for just there to be a, a mutual understanding and a respect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you've got that on a team, that's that can change the trajectory of, of what that team does. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, Andy, 
All Tell right. us about you. What All do you right. do? What do you What do you guys have going on at ESI? What do we do, right? A lot. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're kind of that best kept secret in Arizona. It's kind of interesting. The um, so so ESI is primarily an educational staffing firm. The biggest part of our business, we actually staff uh, substitute educators in about 60 different school districts just here in Arizona. So that one of the cool things about ESI is we're just an Arizona company. We focus on Arizona school districts and we know uh, all about this world of education that is a little bit unique here in Arizona. Um, so that's the biggest part of our business is really staffing those substitutes. But another cool tool that we use to help out, especially education staffing and the crisis that we know is out there and the limited amount of teachers is we have this cool program that is called Return to Work Retire, rehire, we call it in our brand, but basically it helps uh, those teachers that are nearing retirement that have reached this point where they're like, hey, I, I've reached this point in my pension where if I just retired now, I would almost make as much money as if I keep working. But you know what? I'm still excited about the job. I still want to be in the classroom. And so um, this, this program actually helps those teachers actually stay in the job so they can retire, take their ASRS, their state pension, get that full pension, but then continue to work in their existing position, which is super helpful because now you have the most experienced, sort of dedicated 30, 35-year teachers that uh, have reached this point in their career where um, they're so valuable to the school district. So our program helps keep them in those districts and in those positions a little bit longer. And then um, simultaneously, um, as we know, it's, it's, it's a point at which a lot of retirees, they start looking ahead and they're like, boy, how do I find the financial resources? Mm -hmm. And so this little bump for those last few years of their, of their working time can often make a difference for them, even in their retirement. So it's, it's such a pleasure to get to work in a business that, that allows for uh, efficient use of taxpayer money, but keeps educators teaching and then helps the educators so that when they do retire, they're actually in a, in a good position. You put those two programs together and and uh, add about 7,000 uh, wonderful Arizona employees to that group, um, and that's where we end up. So we have about 6,000 substitutes and about 1,000 retirees each year, and uh, it's, it's just an absolute pleasure to work with those folks. I didn't realize you had that many. Holy guacamole. <laughs> yeah. And then how many staff do you have on um, like your ESI side, so not the substitutes oh. and the retirees? Yeah, so that that's pretty interesting. So we actually have about 30 corporate okay. staff that uh, are responsible and love caring for uh, those 7,000 employees. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a small but mighty group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, Christy, how many do you have on your core team? There's 11 of us. Okay. Know your talents. Cool. Okay. And I ask that because especially, Andy, with you, we've talked about this a little bit before, you have such a unique space of growing the culture of your core team, right? Your 30 corporate members. But then you have 6,000 substitutes, a thousand of these retirees. There's got to be that connection and that culture that you bring to them as well. So that, yes, they're teaching in these schools, but they're doing it through ESI. And so what's that connection and that culture look like? You're balancing so many different spaces. And Daryl, our producer, he knows he's obviously in here every show. We do. <laughs> Pushing buttons. But we had Arizona Wilderness Brewing on a little while ago. And we talked about that same thing of this dynamic of they have the restaurant side, they have the brewing side, they have the corporate side. And how do you balance all of those cultures? So I would love to talk about that, like start to dive into like, what do you do? 
because I know you guys have such a good culture, but what are you doing to try and help and honestly hit those four things that Christy was talking about? They want to be known, they want to grow, they want to be included, and they want to be inspired. How are you doing that with all of these people? Right. (laughs) Right. You know, I'll tell you what, you know, in the staffing business, culture traditionally maybe not such a high priority, right? Especially when you're talking about the scale of, say, 7,000 employees. The obvious question, especially these days, or the obvious answer to the culture question is, well, people first, you know, and we actually go so bold as we're like, oh, it's, it's about heart and integrity. So when you make a big bet like that and you're like, our culture is based on heart and integrity, those are huge commitments to make to the world and say, yeah, we're about heart, right? Well, it's easy to be about heart. Well, I would say it's easier to be about heart when it's 30 people that you're sort of responsible for caring for and, and, you know, doing everything you can, um, on those four things that that Christy mentioned, right? You're like, Hey, I, I want them to be known and grow and everything. But now you try to parlay that and go, well, how do I do that for 7,000 other people? Right? Like how, how do we dig in and go, and convey that kind of thing at mm-hmm. scale, knowing full well that we don't have the resources to perhaps, you know, although it'd be a really fun party, but, you know, have, Ooh. hey, let's do ice cream party <laughs> Friday. Everybody come to ESI, you know, and 7,000 people show up. Um, that's a lot of scoops. But um, so so we look at that and we go, okay, but but what are the fundamentals, right? So when you talk about heart and being known, part of it is for us, right? Part of it is, well, how do we be the most authentic that we can with our with even our folks that are least employees, right? So part of it, like recently, even with the, you know, pandemic and all this, right, we're, we're trying to get pretty good at video. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well, let's shoot a video. Well, that's easy to say until somebody goes, you shoot the video, right? <laughs> like, so, uh, you know, all of a sudden I find myself like just hitting record and recording a video and just saying, hey, you know, this we're thinking about you, right? We're, yeah. we're, we've got you guys on our minds. Well, that's the easy part, right? You hit record, you hit send bunch of people are like, yeah, sure, dude. But when I called, does somebody pick up the phone? Right? So you can't say I, I got heart if you send them to voicemail or what's worse, my big pet peeve. Here's the 63 options. Hit pound 17 <laughs> if you want to speak to somebody. Like, no. Like, yeah. have somebody pick up the phone and answer and say, how are you? And mm-hmm. so then you take that full circle, right? So then when you're trying to hire people and you're like, like the position our employee service representative, right? So even when you go out to the world, you say employee service representative, people see call center. They're like, churn and burn, baby. Like, right? Mm. So you have these sort of new to employment employees that are in there and they're saying, oh, wow, this is going to be a call center, right? Like, no, no. Like, we're going to have to love on people. Like, we've got to spend the extra time. We've got to talk to these folks, often retirees, right? They mm-hmm. might have something to tell us about their grandkids. Great, let's hear it, you know? Like, <laughs> Well, wait a minute. That you can't scale that. You know, you're trying to get people on and off the phones as fast as possible. I have staff for that. It's like, no, the priority is heart, mm-hmm. right? But you can see how you create this. You create this huge bet, and you're like, now I got to follow through on it. Mm-hmm. And especially use a big word like integrity, where you're like, oh, now I can't just be like, well, we're hard on Fridays, but not on Monday mornings. You know, <laughs> um, so so all of this interplay happens. But but really, that's what's about. So it's every time you encounter that crossroads where. Do you express a little more heart, a little more kindness, a little more thoughtfulness, mm-hmm. or do you take the easy way out? And um, oftentimes it's it's a trade-off you have to make, but you do your best to try to chase that objective. And mm-hmm. so that then creates the perfect circle where you say, hey, I, I hope, I wish I could sort of love on the other 7,000 employees like we do our 30, but every chance we can 
what's the decision that we make? Do we go a little bit more heart or do we go a little more, more efficiency? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's those kinds of things. Yeah. That yeah. balance of both of them. Yeah. And when you and your team came up with the heart and the integrity being the areas of focus, how did that kind of come about? Yeah. Or good, did you just good know? Question. <laughs> well, you know, that was, that was the fun part of this is that you know, so oftentimes we go, you know, on missions when it's time to do mission statement. We're like, oh, we're going to, yeah. you know, and you end up breaking out the thesaurus and it's <laughs> 64, you know, words long and, and you have sub bullets and you're like, oh my gosh, like who's <laughs> that for, right? The neat thing about this, and this is the first time in, in my career I've seen this happen, but it was more like, who are we? What makes us different? And it's like, well, we use words like love and kindness around here. Well, that, that, and where does that come from? Like, what's, what's the soul of that? It's heart. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the team was that way. They like, that was the culture. And so, uh, when we talk about that and service is the other underpinning that we have, because we serve those that serve the community. So mm-hmm. whether it's teachers or government workers or whoever, these are people that have dedicated their lives to serving our community. Right. So, what higher, better use of our time than to serve those that serve others, right? So mm-hmm. With heart and integrity. So you put that all together and it's like, wow, there it is. I, I probably couldn't even get the words exactly right in that one line that we have, but heart and integrity, right? That's mm-hmm. what it comes back to. But it really was a uh, sort of let's look at each other in the eyeballs and go kind of what, what's different about us. Mm-hmm. And that's what came out. Yeah. Very yeah. advanced stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then the really, the really cool part about that is it truly is who you guys are. And so you're not just going through the thesaurus, trying to find words. You guys have a culture, whether you know it or not. Um, I've had this conversation numerous times with folks that say, well, we want you to come in and we really want you to help create our culture. I hate to break it to you, but whether I come to you or not, you have a culture. It's there. I can help provide resources and define, you know, maybe how you talk about the culture, but the culture, it's there. It's the people. It's what you do. It's how you do it. It's these words that you use like love and heart and kindness. It's already there, (laughs) whether somebody comes in or not, right? Right. Um, It's just a matter of identifying that or like with you and your team, Christy, right? Bringing somebody in to help maybe define and improve, but it's already there. Whether whether you like it or not, right. and whether it's good or not, <laughs> right, it's already there. So that's it's just a beautiful thing that you guys were able to kind of sit down, look at each other, right, very technical, <laughs> but be able to utilize the words that you're already using, and yeah. then define that as who you guys are. If it only were that easy, right? That's why yeah. I look at Christy. I'm like, but so often it's the opposite, right? There's a <laughs> delta between where you want your culture and where you currently are. Um, in this case, I was just lucky to be surrounded by uh, really special people, right? Yeah. That were that were kind of lined up with that. But right, that's the trick. Mm. When you when you encounter where you're like, well, I, my, if, if I'm honest, this is the way my culture really is. And how do I get to be? And that's usually where folks are. That's you know? right. Yeah. But and yeah, I loved we were speaking, you know, before we came on and he was giving a great example of how he and his team were helping the employees that were affected during COVID, mm-hmm. uh, the contract employees that were the teachers, on having, having fill out the unemployment paperwork. I mean, mm-hmm. his team was helping them. And that epitomizes what their culture is. And it's it's unique that he and I are on together today because I 
my career has been spent for two decades in agency staffing. And so, you know, it's interesting in that temporary employees or contract employees, their biggest gripe always was, well, I just, I feel like kind of I'm out on an island by myself and I'm not part of the company and I'm not valued and I'm not appreciated, right? It's not, goes back to, I'm not included, I'm not inspired. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Andy, so kudos to you and your team for, for really creating an atmosphere. And it's more than just words. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're doing it in action. And I think that just goes for miles and miles and, and those substitute teachers and, and all the other, you know, contractors will go the absolute extra mile for you and your organization and the people that they're serving because they are being loved well. Mm-hmm. That's very unique that you bring that to that that group of people. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And then it's, I mean, you started to hint at it. It's all full circle, right? You're you're talking about kindness and heart and all of this. And then your team is filling out unemployment paperwork for these, you know, these teachers. And then, and then they feel supported. They feel right. Those four things, they feel like they've been heard. They've been supported, included, inspired. Well, guess what? Now you have 7,000 spokespeople for your company because they have felt that and they've been appreciated. And so now you have 7,000 people out there in the state of Arizona talking about ESI and it's your own little marketing recruiting team, right? To then bring other teachers and to then bring other staff if you need to hire more corporate staff, right? It's, It's all full circle when you really do get to that point of, and obviously culture is a work in progress always, you don't get to that point where you're like, checking the box, done. I talked on the podcast with Kendra. We're doing great. <laughs> you know, it's it's a work in progress, but you're getting to that point where it's just, it's all full circle and it all just, it's it's gelling, right? But right, right. You, you mentioned in there, you know, you've got these companies that they want to be a certain way, right? So Christy, I'm looking at you, like what happens when you have these companies where, maybe you're filling out these forms, right? They want their culture to be at this point and whether they acknowledge it or not, (laughs) right? Right. It's not to that point. You know, what are those initial steps or advice or what does that even look like when we start to help improve a company that they want to be at one point, but they're not even close to that? And, And I add to that, maybe they don't even realize they're not even close, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. What is that even, where do we start? What does that look like? <laughs> you know, it's interesting when we do these organizational effectiveness surveys, so much information is extracted. I mean, just really great, valuable content to mm-hmm. take back to. Typically, it's the executive leadership team. Then the hard part starts because <laughs> then you have to take action, you know, and there's nothing more frustrating for employees to, okay, because employees, they want to be included and they're saying, ask me, ask me, you know, and, and it's not, it, it's not this self-fulfilling, you know, this is what I want as an employee. Oftentimes they're bringing brilliant ideas forward as to how the workflow can be improved, you know, how processes can be improved, solutions that you can bring to your end customer. So mm-hmm. it goes far past, you know, what, what the employee is looking for, right? Um, so then the hard part and oftentimes the missed part for organizations is that they fail to take action or they fail to communicate 
we heard you. These are the top things that have been brought back to us as an executive team. And this is what we're going to, you know, be executing on together because we, we hear you. We understand that this is important and this is what we're going to move forward. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And you can't put the genie back in the bottle once you put that commitment out That's there, right. right? That's right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> you do. It's like we were saying, you, it, whether it's integrity, whatever it is, you make that big bet. And then uh, now you kind of got to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The follow through and there's accountability with that. And, you know, oftentimes it's just recognizing as an organization and, you know, we always say, you don't have to be sick to get better. Right. And so, you know, it might be, gosh, this year we ranked at a, you know, overall score of 5.4 out of six. Well, next year we're going to be striving to get to maybe 5.6, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. So, you know, so it's just, it's, it's just that constant yearning to just be the best that you possibly can mm-hmm. for your employees. And, and kind of like what you're talking about, Kendra, you know, organizations oftentimes will see that when you're driving an exceptional culture mm-hmm. and employees do feel known and you're growing them and you're including them and you're inspiring them, guess what? They are showing up in an amazing way to your end customer. Mm-hmm. So I would venture to say that your 7,000 people that you have on contractor payroll, think of the kind of domino effect that they're having in the business world, in those school systems, touching all those little lives, right? Mm-hmm. That's huge. It's so impactful. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's, there's, Statistic after statistic that if those companies that are driving a great culture, it shows in their Mm -hmm. revenue, in their bottom line profit, in Mm -hmm. the employee engagement, it is a game changer. Mm -hmm. And from a business standpoint, it affects the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you say that too, because they're, I feel like people are getting it now. I feel like especially through the pandemic, right? Everyone's sent home. You're by yourself. You're in your house. You're trying to, your company's trying to figure out how to make you feel connected. I feel like this conversation of culture and culture improvement and transformation is more of a conversation now, right? I think companies are starting to understand that there is a correlation with revenue and retention and, and bottom line. But it's taken us a while to get to that point. That was not the case before. And it's hard to show sometimes that direct, okay, well, we're going to pay for this, you know, leadership development, or we're going to pay for this um, outing for everyone or whatever it is, right? And then how do you translate that to the revenue and the bottom line? When you look at the big picture, yes, those numbers, those statistics, the data is there but it takes a little bit of time to get to that point. Um, and, I, and I feel like there's still some companies that are in this like in-between, right? I talk to a lot of companies that say, oh, culture is so important to us. And then I ask about the resources and the investment that they're making. And they're like, oh, well, we don't have the money for that. Well, you have a director of sales, right? You have a director of marketing, right? You have all these other areas that are covered, but then you're going to say that culture is important, but now you don't have anyone that takes ownership of that space, right? So that's why I love these conversations because there's still so many areas to improve and to highlight in these conversations. Um, But I'm so glad that you say, yeah, at the end of the day, 
the bottom line, the revenue, the retention, all of that is there. It's just still these continued conversations of helping companies get to that point, right? And I don't know how you, you know, we've had lots of conversations, but how do you, how do you show that to companies? Like Christy, with you guys, when you come in, is there a way later on down the line when they've actually done the action steps where you can show, you know, here's where your investment went in and here's all of the outcomes? Like, what does that look like to try and I guess, give that evidence, right? (laughs) Right, right. Well, listen, it's all about ROI, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we absolutely are able to show because of the investment that you're making in your people, attracting and retaining Mm -hmm. the right people. Oftentimes, if if an organization knows what their turnover costs are, you know, and we have a turnover calculator that we will help walk them through, it's, uh, it's frightening when companies really really begin to get their arms around, oh gosh, we're having 40% turnover in this area. Well, turnover, you know, every time you have somebody exit the organization, that's costing the company two to three times that person's annual salary Mm -hmm. in real costs. And so, you know, we have an organization that we have partnered with and it was a contact center and uh, they were having a lot of, you know, turnover. And so we you know, introduced behavior management. We did a job model for them and we helped them really understand, okay, behaviorally, this is really the target individual. And so many companies get it right, right? Mm -hmm. They're looking for, okay, they've got to have these skills and they've got to have this experience. But there's a huge gap if you're not considering behaviorally, mm-hmm. what's going to set somebody up for success, right? And you've mm-hmm. got you've got high performers that are, you know, your top performers in the organization. Great. Let's take that. And let's take some other information about just the position. And let's create a job model. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes companies find, oh gosh, we are way off from what we thought the ideal candidate looked like, right? Mm-hmm. And so really being able to, you know, illustrate that return on investment in that, okay, we've ended up reducing our turnover from 83% to 46%. I mean, those are real numbers mm-hmm. that we're able to bring back to, to organizations. And and especially what has happened over the last 18 months with the great resignation. Mm-hmm. And there's just a huge gap that is going to continue in the market for decades because of just, you know, the the birth rates and individuals retiring, there's not enough people mm-hmm. in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And so this is not a just a COVID great resignation issue. This is going to be an issue we're dealing with mm-hmm. in the marketplace for, for decades. And so you need to do everything that you possibly can to retain the talent that you do have. Mm-hmm. And so really critical that you get your arms around that. And the ROI is real. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned it. So I'm, I'm bringing it up. This great resignation, right? It's whatever it started as, whatever it is, right? If it started as COVID, now it's this great resignation and and whatnot. How do we, and 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 I look at you as a company that goes in and supports, right? And I look at Andy as, you know, how do Andy and I as leaders in companies, how do we, how else do we tackle this, right? Because you can look at it from all the different angles. How do you retain? How do you market and get the right individuals? How do you, in this tricky time of maybe you can't give pay raises, but what else can you give? Like, what else does that look like with 
this great resignation because you also said the jobs are out there. I mean, there are tons of jobs out there right now. It's just a matter of the right people, the right fit, the right... I mean, it's it's like this crazy job war. <laughs> they're they're out there, but who's getting the right jobs and whatnot? So, so I I throw it out on the table because you mentioned right. So, what does this look like? How do we as leaders attract, retain? What do we? What are the next steps of what we can do to kind of battle through this? Because, like Christy said, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you. I think it starts with honesty, and mm-hmm. so. Even this gets a little bit back to the ROI conversation where you say, because so oftentimes uh, well-meaning companies are like, yeah, I got to get a better culture, you know, and they go about it because they're like, well, hey, if I, if I take care of people more, then I'm going to sell more or my employees are going to be here more and that's how I'm going to make more money. So let me do these things so I can make more money, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to going, no, like, what is the culture here, right? So the culture at ESI, hard integrity, serving others, taking care of people, yeah, I might not translate if I was, oh, I don't know, building skyscrapers, right? Like, <laughs> oh, hey, we're going to we're gonna really love on those subcontractors <laughs> and, you know, they're going to put the windows up on time, right? Like, um, so to a degree, there's this part where you you got to have a little bit of that intellectual honesty with, with your own company and say, where am I, mm-hmm. right? So when you look at that great resignation, there's been certainly a lot of transition out there, but um, how honest can you be about the way things really are? You know, if, if mm. I don't know, if you're stockbrokers in New York, right, and you're working on Wall Street, um, might have a little different culture than, uh, you know, a nonprofit, let's mm-hmm. say. But just be honest with that and seek those people and be as honest as you can right out front when you're advertising mm-hmm. these things to people. Because there there are, you know, businesses sort of for everybody out there, right? And there's good matches out there. It's when companies lack the, either because they don't want to be honest with themselves or they just wish their culture were different, Mm -hmm. but they advertise and they go, here's, here's the way our company is. And you come in on the job interview, you're like, yeah, this is my groove, man. So, you know, um, and maybe they're faking it on social media. Maybe they're faking it all over the place. (laughs) And then that person comes in and second week on their job, they're just like, what, what, what is this place? What is this place? Um, and, and that's, that I think it, it's real easy. Again, ESI can say, yeah, it's great. We've got this culture of kindness and that appeals to a lot of people. But again, I don't want the stockbroker either. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes I think companies make the mistake of going, well, I want everybody. You know, I want to have the most broad culture. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're saving the planet and we're saving everybody and we're all this and that. And there isn't a flavor where somebody could really appeal to that. Because mm-hmm. if you have that connection, that's a job you're going to want to keep. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you start from a place, even when you speak with some of the amazing like Chrissy, right? And you're like, hey, we're we're gonna change the culture around here. And they get a great report and they're like, Well, yeah, I don't really want to know about that stuff, you know. <laughs> let's, let's just forget right. it. Then they're already missing the boat. You're not gonna get a full ROI unless you just take a moment and go, Hey, where am I now? Where where realistically do I want to go? Just mm-hmm. because the worst thing I could do is put a great mission statement on the wall and not live it. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody's used to. Start with honesty, right? real intellectual honesty mm-hmm. <laughs> where you at as a company, right? And then be able to speak to that and look for the people that relate to your company in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andy, you bring up a good point. I think the statistic is if an employee feels aligned to their leader and to their organization, it's going to require a 20% pay increase to lure that person away mm. to another opportunity. If an individual does not feel aligned to their leader and their company, it takes like 5% or under 
to lure them away, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, I think through, I think we saw a lot through the great resignation of people really evaluating. I think what COVID did for a lot of individuals is a lot of soul searching. Mm -hmm. What's important to me? Who do I want to be working for as my leader? Because let's face it, I mean, the statistics are individuals don't leave companies, they leave their leaders, right? And so there was a lot of reflection of who who am I working for, the leader I'm working for, Mm -hmm. how do I feel about that? And then, you know, is is this organization one that I feel aligned to? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you've seen a lot of people kind of reflecting on, yeah, it doesn't really align with what I'm looking for personally Mm -hmm. or professionally. And the number one thing that employees are looking for in their leaders right now is empathy. Mm-hmm. I mean, out of everything, that's the number one thing that employees are looking for in their leaders. And so I think now more than ever, just that awareness of, gosh, what makes this person tick? And how how do I, as a leader, how can I best set this person up for success? Mm-hmm. And you know what? It might be that you're only here for another two months or two years or 20 years, but for the time that you're here, I am going to invest in you as an employee and I'm going to make sure that I've got you on a growth trajectory, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. You know? So we're seeing a lot of companies that are really investing in leadership development because oftentimes there's there's a big gap, especially with that mid-level management they're managing up, they're managing down, they're spinning a lot of plates. Mm-hmm. It's hard. And so, you know, really equipping them with how to best show up as a leader and have an awareness of who am I as mm-hmm. a leader and then how do I affect my team and then how am I affecting my company overall? So there's a we're seeing a lot of companies engage with us for for leadership development for their leaders uh, because they you look at a team and typically the team is only as strong as their leader is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so really equipping those leaders to know how to show up. Uh, oftentimes people, you know, are, you see this all the time. Well, you've been a great software developer. So guess what? We're promoting you into a, you know, software development leader. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Okay. I've never led people before and I've been <laughs> coding, you know, they, they need, yeah, I mean, we all do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, specifically, especially when you've been an individual contributor and then you're promoted up into a leadership role, there's typically a, a pretty big gap there. Mm-hmm. And that focus on professional development is so important in this conversation of this resignation time and whatnot, um, because you hear you hear every once in a while, you'll hear people, right, of like, oh, well, I'm going to invest all of this, but but what if they leave? Okay, but what if they stay? Exactly. That's the risk that you have to take, um, especially during this time, providing them that opportunity to learn and to grow and to develop within the company. And then that ties back to the honesty thing, right? And, And Andy, you started to hint at it, and I love it, but cultures are different, right? And it doesn't mean one is better than the other in a particular industry, right? But every industry and every um, space has a very unique culture. You guys are very honest and kind and loving. And as much as I'm sure there's other companies out there that do that, 
think about the culture of construction industry. Uh, think about the culture of military. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be very sweet and kind, <laughs> right? right? I know we've talked about, you know, Arizona Wilderness Brewing Company. They've got a restaurant side. They've got a brewery side. Very different cultures. Like Rifle Coffee, very, very strong culture. Very unique, right? They're all about outdoors and guns and things like that. That's fine. That's great. But somebody from another industry that maybe is, you know, the the substitute teachers or whatever, that might not align, right? So looking at cultures and being honest about it up front, not just so that you're you're getting a little bit of everybody, right? We want there to be diversity and inclusion, but in a way that's going to fit that culture, right? I'm going to if if I'm looking at, you know, all these different companies, I'm going to place somebody different at Black Rifle Coffee <laughs> than I am at ESI, than I am maybe here at Max 6 where the studio is. I'm going to place somebody different. And that's where the honesty comes in. Like you said in the very beginning, that's okay to say like, well, eh, this is actually how our culture is so that you're honest and you're upfront. And then once they're there, Christy, like you were saying, then give them those tools to grow and develop and to have the opportunity to to stay. Um, I love that statistic that you said. You said 20% of a pay increase if they're already feeling connected, supported, right? And then on the flip side, right? If they're not, some of these people are taking right pay, huge pay cuts. Yes. Just to feel connected and and supported and maybe not have stress in certain areas and right. things like that. Right. So right. I I love that because it's it's true. That's what's happening in all of this as yeah, well. Absolutely. And from my recruiting days, you know, it was money's number five on the list as to why people ultimately end up exiting out of an organization. The number mm-hmm. one opportunity that you would we would hear the number one reason behind someone engaging and making a decision to accept that new opportunity mm-hmm. was it's a great growth opportunity for yeah. me. So it does matter, you yep. know, and and growth is going to look different for every single person. And mm-hmm. so some people might define it as, okay, I'm at this position today and I want to escalate, you know, three levels up in the next five years. For the person sitting right next to them, it might be, you know what? I want to become an Excel guru next year. So, <laughs> you know, so it's not climbing just the corporate ladder. It's, you know, what else can I be exposed to? You know, it's diversity of thought. It's diversity of skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe moving to a different team, learning a completely different function within the organization. So understanding what people are looking for, too, is really important. And as leaders, we, we need to be asking our employees that. What's important to you? What motivates you specifically? Because mm-hmm. the four of us sitting here, I guarantee you we're all motivated by different things. Oh, absolutely. Oreo cookies. I'll right. do anything. It's <laughs> my motivation. And, and coffee. It sounded like and coffee, coffee. Was up there Drink too. a lot of coffee. That's right. That's it's right. my motivation. Nothing wrong right. with that. <laughs> and so what does that look like for you guys with your with your personal teams, with ESI and with Know Your Talent? What, is, what are some of the things that you're doing to support the development of, of your staff? Yeah, I, I like what you said earlier about what what happens if they go, but what happens if they stay, right? What if they stay? But 
a neat place to start is, again, if you're going to make a big bet and say, hey, we're about the person, we're really about people here, right? Well, then the first thing you need to start with is, well, what's right for that person, even in that current role? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe this, and you kind of have to be honest with this too, right? You've got to sit there and go, wow, these people that are working for me right now at a certain place in their, in their, in their careers, and maybe they need to move on. Right. Mm-hmm. So how do I help that person get their next position? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. You know, encourage turnover. What are you talking about? Like, absolutely. Like if there's the next step for them, I would rather know that and then find ways to support them mm-hmm. so that the time that they're with us, they go, wow, I love this and, and openly talk about it. So I think back to a prior career when I was uh, actually in little wireless real estate development, a little more intense business, right? I was definitely the big heart in the room. Everybody else was like, let's get the job done, right? So, <laughs> but I, I look back and I, I spent some time in, in the finance department there. And my favorite story was I had one of the financial analysts. She was absolutely amazing. So talented. Talk about Excel Guru, right? Amazing. And, and on a one-on-one, and this was after some time, I'd come from HR and I'm in finance and she's like, oh, what is this guy? You know, he's making me talk in my one-on-one, you know, <laughs> and, and she looks at me and she's like, I don't want to tell anybody, but I really want to have a food truck. <laughs> I want to have a food truck. Like, like, yeah, I know I'm this ace analyst, but my dream is to have a food truck. Like, so then wow. the next step became, well, let's talk about that. You know, like what, how do we put together the financing for you? How do we help you take the time to, you know, get your food handler certificate, you know, and like mm-hmm. having those open conversations the one where you're like, you're actually helping the person move on with their dreams. But I guarantee that, um, from that moment on, when she was able to just divulge that. It was like, oh, wow, man, I love it. This is great. I can follow my dream. I can be open about it. Like, you're not like, yeah, I'm going to miss you, but you're probably going to go anyway. So let's, let's work on this. Right. But that's what happens when you start saying, Hey, if we're going to put people first, it has to be there, including, which may include looking at it, that you're just part of their entire life. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's other ways to support. So again, I, one of the parts about culture is that you're never completely arrived, right? So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to say here and say all 7,000 of the ESI employees just feel totally loved and <laughs> fulfilled and ESI is like, I mean, no, no, far from it. I've got a laundry list of things I, I hope to do in the team. But when, when we sit there, it's like, how do you create an environment where people can even share that? Because mm-hmm. that's a big deal to share with your current employer, maybe a future employment dream. That's it. That takes effort. I mean, it takes a lot of intimacy, but it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of trust. So how do you even make those incremental steps to it, to have a trusting environment to do it? Because everybody's like, oh yeah, it totally makes sense. Purple, just, just have them tell you your dreams, right? But it's not that easy. It starts with, well, how do you establish the trust to even get there? Yeah. Um, but that's just one way to help see somebody professionally develop and see them as maybe their point in your career. Maybe they do want to spend 20 years with you, but in today's day and age, probably not. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you develop that kind of trust? Yeah, but that, I love hearing you say this because it gets to that point, right? It wasn't like you just said, okay, what do you want to do next? You want to... <laughs> they're like, I want to be analyst too. I mean, that's what they're going to tell you at first. Right, because right? <laughs> right. they feel that pressure that they need to. Yeah. The other part that I love hearing you say this is last month we had a spireship on. We had Christine Rogers and um, it was a very similar conversation that you had with your, your staff and she wanted to have a food truck. Um, Christine had a staff member who actually was supposed to be the one coming on the show. And she let me know right before she said, hey, I'm actually looking at leaving the company. And I was like, ooh, 
I am going to ask, are you leaving because of the culture? Because that's what we're highlighting your company on. She said, no, absolutely not. It's the growth, right? So it's it's both. You mentioned earlier, Christy, that you know a lot of times people are leaving a company because of the leader, but sometimes it really is because of that growth opportunity. And this particular individual, she just in in a spireship in the company right now, they needed a sales role. And she just was like, it's not my thing. And so she was able to have those open conversations with Christine. Christine was able to support her along the way. She knew the whole time she was looking for other jobs. She was supporting her on her posts on LinkedIn and all of that so that she could make that step, talk to the team, set the team up for success. But to be able to get to that point where you are openly telling your boss, hey, this isn't the right fit for me, or I want to start a food truck, right? It takes a very unique relationship and company culture to build to that opportunity where that individual could tell Christine, like, I love you as a leader. I love this company, but this is not the role for me. Mm-hmm. And and Andy, for your staff, right? To say, yeah, she's really good at what she's doing, but is that really where her heart and soul is? No. So how do we support them as people, not just, hey, I'm your boss, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're supposed to do these things and we pretend there's trust, but really being able to leave a job and maybe put that that boss, that leader down as your reference. Right. Think about how many times people leave companies and they're like, oh, my boss doesn't know I'm a in this interview. You know what I mean? It's it's kept a secret. It's kept hush-hush. But if we have more leaders like you, Andy, and Christine that are supporting that growth, right. it just, my heart mm-hmm. was so happy you were talking yeah. about it. I was like, right. Well, yeah. the, the nuance in it, right, is that the, corp, the good corporate way is in order to fix it and have people have like this open discussion, they put it on the performance review. Like, Let's have a line in the performance review. When they fill it out, they'll just tell us what their next job is because, and and so somebody up above goes, yes, that's right. If we do that, then that employee will stay with me. So we'll put it on the form. And like you said, what are people going to put on? Analysts too. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be the CEO someday, whatever it happens to be. I'm going to stay um, with you for 20 years. So it's one of those great culture tests, which is like, are people really being honest with you? Yes or no? And that's, that's the big leap. Mm-hmm. That's the nuance in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that trust, that honesty, there it comes in again, right? Of building those teams. So I love that. That makes me happy (laughs) because that, that is part of that growth of leaving. I know a lot of people and myself included who, yes, I have left some companies a thousand percent because of the leader that I had. Um, But in some of my roles I've left because the company was great and it just wasn't the fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I could be op- more open and honest in those conversations and have that support, then you also have a completely different offboarding process, right? We focus so much on culture and onboarding and, oh, when we onboard, make them feel the culture. But what happens when they leave? Right. Then those individuals, then they get added to that list of 7,000 <laughs> spokespeople out there you want it to be a good process. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee um, that individual that if she probably has a food truck at this point. I bet she talks about that, that she had that support um, to be able to have that open, honest conversation with you. And I bet her books are like super straight up. Right? <laughs> 
Knows Excel. That's going to be so <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's fun. Yeah. I love that. So we are getting close to the end. And so really, there's only a couple of things I want to bring up. So we've talked about ESI and about the heart, right? I always ask individuals that come on the show, you know, if you could explain your company culture, how would you explain it? And yours was heart. <laughs> and it's coming into the conversation quite a bit. Christy, your, I asked you that same question of how would you explain your culture in one word? And you said epic. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. But now I want to know more. I want to know why. I love it. Yeah. When we think about our company culture, I, I do describe it as epic. And <laughs> I think anybody on our team would describe it that way. And I've never quite experienced anything like the culture that we have yeah. um, collectively as an organization. We're the corporate division of LearnKey. There's about 70 employees, mm -hmm. you know, company-wide. And we have, you know, town halls where our CEO will get on uh, and we give an update, you know, for the organization. And it's so fun to see the chat, you know, because it's virtual, right? Mm -hmm. We're all on virtually. Just to see the comments threading about just who we are as an organization. And it all screams culture. Mm -hmm. Our culture is empowering. It's caring. Mm -hmm. We get to be difference makers internally and externally. And we're passionate about what we do. It's interesting. I was just talking with two new employees that came on with us a couple of weeks ago. And one of the gals said, I don't think I've ever been as fulfilled as I am at Know Your Talents. Mm -hmm. And that just made my heart smile. And I said, you know, it's funny that you use that word because I've loved every step of my career. Mm -hmm. But at Know Your Talents and, you know, in my 50s now, uh, I, I've never been more, you know, uh, vocationally fulfilled. Yeah than I am today. And I mean, that's a gift and it's such a blessing, uh, but it is because of the culture that we have. And we practice what we preach. I mean, everything that we bring into companies, <laughs> yeah, yeah. listen, we're under a microscope, right? So, right? Um, so that's what I mean by epic. There's just, it is, it is just amazing. Yeah. And I wrote down words when you were talking, epic, empowering, passionate, integrity, and caring. That's what it stands for. I right. just created that for oh, you. Okay. You're thank welcome. you. <laughs> I see a book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. Um, so before we step away, um, and Daryl knows, I always want like a part two and a part three. And so that might have to happen. But before we step away, I want to give each of you the opportunity for any last thoughts, tips, anything. I mentioned to you earlier that the listeners that we have, tend to be that age range of 35 to 50, uh, 55, kind of in that range. And so one of my guesses is that a lot of those listeners are those mid-level managers that we were talking about. They're in a really tricky spot. They have to report up. They have to support down. And so with that in mind, that as you know, our, our audience and our listeners, do you have any last takeaways or tips or any last little nuggets of, you know, maybe what you guys are doing at your companies that you think others could use as tips for growing their teams, anything like that? I want to give both of you the chance before we step away. Um, so I'm going to go with Christy first because Andy and I both looked at you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, you know, just what came to mind is just be bold and courageous. You know, whether you're an individual contributor or you're that mid-level manager or you're the CEO of an organization, culture does matter. And it's, you know, it doesn't happen on accident as we've been all talking about. You have to be very purposeful and mindful, but just take one little baby step at a time. And I think oftentimes, you know, culture is seen as this ginormous, overwhelming thing, but start small, just take a step forward. And and that might mean that you as an individual contributor go to your leader and say, hey, I've been thinking about this, you know, or somebody that's sitting in HR is, you know, driving something or the executive team is driving something. Just, just take that, just take the step and, and you have to be bold and you have to be courageous and, and just move ahead. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you. And Kendra, I think I'll circle back to what you said earlier is that uh, culture exists Mm -hmm. and the only place it exists is in the place of action. Mm -hmm. So regardless of your position within the company, it's often thought of, well, the CEO, they're the ones that influence culture. And then, but, but it's not, it's actually wherever you act. So Mm -hmm. all I would say is, is that regardless of what position you're in, how do you treat people every day? What are the decisions you make? What are your priorities, right? Um, The culture is there. So what kind of culture do you want to create? And the other fun part is they always like look up and go, oh, the CEO is going to create the culture. No, it's the group of people that's there. So by setting the example, by basically taking action in ways that you believe the culture should be, mm-hmm. you set the greatest example far better than any mission statement or anything else that could possibly put put up on the wall. Because ultimately, that's where it is. It's what, what happened during that one-on-one. What happened during those conversations? How did you treat people? You know, that kind of thing. Yep. That's perfect. So be bold. Be courageous and take action. I love this. Last thing before we hop off, I want to make sure if people are listening, they know how to reach out to both of you. So Andy, what's the best way if people are listening, they want to learn more, they want to hear more um, about ESI and get connected. What's the best way for them to find you? The absolute best way I would say, hey, LinkedIn's always there. You can yep. look me up there. I'm happy to. Uh, ESI, again, Family Business Arizona. You find us anywhere. You reach out. Believe it or not, there's humans on the other end of that line. That's how we <laughs> like it. So give us give us a shout. I know it's kind of old-fashioned, but, but give me a call. That's great. I love it. We know that somebody's going to pick up the phone. You already said that. All so. right. I hope. I love it. <laughs> And then, Christy, how about you? What's the best way for folks to reach you? I would say the same thing. You know, please find me on LinkedIn and, you know, or find Know Your Talents on LinkedIn and we'll we'll get connected. I love that. Awesome. Thank you to both of you. This, Thank you. Um, Thank you so much. Every time I have these conversations, I get more and more excited about the companies that are out there doing great things and the companies that are out there helping others do great things. So thank you to both of you. Um, Again, on this podcast, we focus on everything surrounding businesses with a good company culture. Today was no different highlighting a company with a great culture and another company that's supporting growing good cultures. We are the culture improvement resource that supports companies and leaders. Our purpose here is to improve company cultures so people can want to go to work. Employees and leaders should like where they work, and we think that's possible. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Culture Crush, the only podcast out there that does a deep dive of companies that are crushing it with a great company culture. If you think your company has a strong culture that should be highlighted, please reach out to Kendra Maples on LinkedIn or email us at culturecrushpodcast at gmail.com.